today make sure that number one you comment tell us who you are and where you're watching from so that we can say hello to you because we so appreciate you being here with us today it's awesome to have you as part of the what's right family and then number two make sure that you share the broadcast because someone somewhere that you know needs to hear this broadcast and it'll surprise you sometimes who it actually is that receives the word. So share it. You never know who the Lord will reach through you. But we are just so excited to have you today. Also, as soon as I said number two, I immediately thought of pastor's daughter, Rachel, and how somewhere she's giggling at the fact that I said number two. <laughs> but let's see who is on. So that way I can say hi to you. If you are on YouTube right now, pastor will say hi to you in just a second. Um, I can't see the YouTube comments just yet, but I can see the Facebook ones. So I see, I said hello. I'm here. In case you were concerned, I'm here. Um... Priscilla is watching. Hello, Holly Shaver. Hello, Johnny Shaver. Y'all are always first, right out the gate. Always the first ones on. <laughs> uh, my husband is watching. Hello, George. And Buddy and Serena. I get so excited when I see Serena on. Hi, Serena. She says, good afternoon. Super proper. Good afternoon. <laughs> the crab trees are going to be here before you know it. I'm real excited. I'm super excited to have them here. And Marky says that Arabella says, hi, Barrett, on YouTube. Belzy, I love you. And I just saw Mr. Chris hop on. Hi, Mr. Chris. It's so good to have you with us today. Well, y'all, it's going to be a fantastic episode of the What's Right broadcast. I... I asked Pastor, I want to come up with a title for one of these. And last week, we said the phrase Lunch Plus, and I really want to call this Lunch Plus. <laughs> I don't know as a pastor's on board just yet, but I really want to. So if it's called Lunch Plus, we have some Lunch Plus pictures for you. We had some of you send in some pictures of you watching the What's Right broadcast. And so if you will, go ahead 
anytime this week as you're watching the broadcast, send us a picture of you guys watching what we're doing. I don't know exactly what we'll do with all of them yet, but we're going to share them with you. So if you'll put up a couple that we have ready to go, we just, we're so excited about the fam. There we have Pastor Nicole and the infamous Rachel Ann Wright watching the What's Right broadcast from Pastor Nicole's mega computer. <laughs> and then we also have top fan Kevin Nowicki. He's watching from his car on his phone. I'm really curious how he took a picture while he's holding his phone. Like, I don't know if this was like an iPhone, iPad sort of situation, but I'm really impressed by, by however it happened. <laughs> so if you guys will send us pictures of yourselves watching the broadcast, you could be featured. And I'm not sure what exactly we'll do with them yet, but we're in the works with it. But we just want to have you guys be as involved as you can be. And speaking of as involved, I'm going to see if you guys have said anything yet. Deb says, hi, Michael Braswell, how are you? We miss y'all. And Mr. Chris is waving at me. Arabella says hello over on YouTube. Oh, I love her. Hi, Belle, we love you. Well, make sure that as you're hopping on, again, you are commenting who you are, where you're watching from. Um, you don't have to put it if you're like in the bathroom doing that. No judgment, like get the word in wherever you can, but I don't necessarily need to know that you're in the bathroom. Um, but <laughs> we just want to know who you are so that we can say hi. Now, it's time. Are you ready, sir? Sure. Are you guys ready? It's time for the daily memes. I love I love the fact that you just had theme music to the meme. <laughs> I really... That's the best. I feel like I missed my calling somewhere in making theme music. Maybe not my calling. Do, I do, could do, still do, do, do. <laughs> Arabella says hello from... She's watching from her home. Aw, Belzy. Okay, meme number one. If you wear your jeans five days in a row, they become all baggy and it looks like you're losing weight. Follow me for more quarantine life pro tips. <laughs> quarantine life pro tips <laughs> that one oh that one makes me laugh a whole lot <laughs> Luke is watching Pastor Nicole just texted me she sent me a picture of Luke watching the broadcast oh so cute okay when you're attending church online but you normally sit in the balcony <laughs> this made me happy what a great way to like have the kids be upstairs so that way you can sit closer to the TV and watch. That's great. <laughs> this meme comes right from Pastor Nicole. Speaking of fact, for everyone saying America won't reopen, remember, Jurassic Park reopened <laughs> five times after people were eaten alive. That one, Five. that one made me laugh a lot. <laughs> it made me think of Jurassic Park in a different way. Like the legal battles that probably had to ensue to get the park opened. I want to see those <laughs> movies. Like I'd watch those. <laughs> this is Pastor Brian humor. <laughs> this kid is going to grow up to say inconceivable. <laughs> Welcome world for that moment. <laughs> I think we have one more. No more? We only had three? 
Oh, well, I, counting is really fun for me today, guys. That was four. Go team. I found a really good one this morning. It showed a cat, <laughs> and the cat was, let me read it to you. It was, I don't, don't want to mess it up. Hi, Julie, we love you. It said, it's the cat looking like grumpy cat, like, oh, man. It says, get a human, they said. They're hardly ever at home, they said. <laughs> that one made me laugh. I want to know where people buy grumpy cats. Like when grumpy cat was a thing a few years ago, I really wanted a grumpy cat. And I don't know what sort of cat it is that's bred to look that way, yeah. but I really want one. <laughs> like every so often, grumpy cat just prowls into your room and judges you. It's judges fine. you. <laughs> Condemns you. <laughs> To hell if it could. <laughs> but they it would look, try. They look, obviously they look like a grumpy cat, but they also kind of look like a bulldog. So I, it's, like a bulldog. it's a really cool looking animal. So if you know what type of breed of cat grumpy cats are, I probably should have asked Marky this question because she probably knows. Like she's back in the sound booth nodding. Fun fact about Marky, when she moved here, Priscilla, when Marky started working in the office, Priscilla was like trying to bond and connect with her. And she's like, so Marky, what, what are your interests? And Marky just kind of shrugged and she goes, cats, and left it. <laughs> just cats. Cats. <laughs> so I probably should have asked you. <laughs> I feel like you know. <laughs> and as soon as I get back to the booth, it's going to be like, why, yes, the in indigenous species of no, I, th I think she just likes any cat whatsoever. <laughs> any cat. Look, she's smiling like I can see her smile from here. The room just brightened. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Accurate. Her, her smile is so big, light is bouncing off her teeth, and the room lit up because I, I mentioned cats. In your sermon illustrations, you, su you should start throwing one in just to see the joy radiate off of Marky's face. That would be a great idea. See, that's the things that advanced ministers, mm -hmm. not necessarily holy ministers, <laughs> but advanced mind ministers would do. It's like, let me produce you know, joy through the soulish realm, not through God. Let me just throw in stuff that people like. You and know. the glory of the cat came upon her, and the light shone all about her. <laughs> I love you. You're so great. <laughs> I don't know if she's smiling anymore. I can't see her. She's hidden behind the computer. Okay, it's still there. Good, good. <laughs> I told the people at uh, I told the people last Sunday. <laughs> she knows lots about cats. Yeah. About cats. I found out. <laughs> she knows lots about cats. I, I, I believe that. Um, I've, I mentioned on the boomerang service last Sunday I was like if this keeps up with the drive-in church outside I'm gonna be like the most tan preacher with Kramer hair ever because you know no haircuts are legal right now so Abigail helped me my daughter helped me a couple weeks ago I need to get the sides again now but um, anyway when I was talking about that I was, I was talking about man I really need to get I really need to get a haircut, and this is going to be crazy. So my mom this morning talking about, uh, she was like, I really like what you're doing with your hair these days. I was like, oh, really? I was like, that's awesome. In the morning, you know, it's really silver, and it's really tall. And I'm like, just call me the silver tower, because it's like, it's you know, it's down right now. I'm just telling you. It's can you and Paul please have a contest to see whose hair can grow up the longest? 
and whoever loses has to get it shaved on the broadcast? I'm just um, thinking for the people. This is... Viewership. This is probably the longest my hair has been <laughs> since boot camp. It doesn't look... I know it's shellacked, but it doesn't look bad. Like, it's, it doesn't look too long. The sides no. are longer than you normally have it. Yeah, I don't, I don't like the sides getting too long, but yeah, it's... It's pretty long. Since when I was going before, I was going to boot camp. That was probably Nicole likes it short. But I actually before this went down, uh, all the Corona stuff. Um, I actually mentioned I was like, I'd like to see it like this, just to try. I was like, well, this is the perfect opportunity to grow it and see what it looks like. But it gets to the point where I don't like it looking. In order to control it, because my hair is really coarse now. It used to be really fine when I was young and uh, wouldn't hold anything, but it's really coarse now. So as soon as humidity hits it, <laughs> it goes crazy. So in order to control that, I have to definitely use a paste on it. But then it looks like just fake and plastic, and I don't like that. So I think it looks that's fake why. today. Well, it looks better on camera than it does in person, <laughs> I think. <laughs> I think it looks bad in person. <laughs> Pastor Nicole says that maybe she should stand outside while you preach so that she could get a tan. And before I hit the show more, I laughed because I'm like, <laughs> okay. Yeah. And then she says, who am I kidding? I'm the church lobster. I'd just be the church lobster. You, you and George could Look compete for that. Look what Johnny said, though. Johnny said, wouldn't that be George? <laughs> true. They both got that going for them. <laughs> now, I saw a meme the other day that said, who would have thought that we'd live in a world where you can go and buy weed in the store freely, but you have to get like a back alley situation to get a haircut, like barter for it, <laughs> which is true. I have a friend, like I know for girls, they can, they can at least haircuts, you can go a little bit. Hair dye is a smidge different, but I know I have friends of mine who their nails have grown out from the last manicure they had. <laughs> I have this one friend, she <laughs> she changed her profile picture, and it's so pretty. Like, it's a beautiful picture of her sitting on the beach. She looks beautiful, but her hand is buried in the, <laughs> in the sand. And I commented, I'm like, I like what you did there. And she's like, it's really bad. Like, i got to hide them because her nails are just grown out to, like, stubs. <laughs> she's like, I did it on purpose. <laughs> That's funny. Oh, my goodness. It's definitely an interesting time for sure. So I've never, never experienced anything like this in my life. Mm -hmm. No. So now, maybe this would qualify as a wilderness time. I don't know. <laughs> do you like that segue? I did. I did. That's funny. I did tell, I don't know if I've told you this. I've told Pastor Nicole. I've had three dreams since all of this has been happening. Not spiritual dreams. I've had three dreams and that I have either horribly cut my hair myself somehow on accident, <laughs> like I was using the scissors and somehow my hair got caught in the scissors and I cut a chunk off and I woke up panicked because no hair salons were open to fix it. <laughs> but then recently, last weekend, last Saturday night, I dreamed that instead of like going and getting my eyebrows done or whatever, I used nair to try and do that and I nared off <laughs> my eyebrows this so, is your dream yeah i don't know what's been going on i don't visit the beauty salon often <laughs> but apparently my subconscious is very bothered by what's happening so i went to lisa and amy i'm like i need y'all to open like just just for peace of mind i need y'all to open 
<laughs> in the event that I do a horrible mistake. Like, I need someone there to help me. <laughs> and I feel like people think I'm joking. I'm not. This has been what my dreams have been. <laughs> <laughs> Pastor Nicole. I, she, she likes manly men, but not man bun men. She leaves the long-haired no. Moses-like men for Jade, is what Pastor Nicole says yeah. about your contest. Yeah, she doesn't like she doesn't like a lot of uh, like hair, like hairy men, like big chest hair, back hair, facial hair. She doesn't like that. So mm -mm. you don't either. Mm -mm. Hello, Amber. Good to see you. Welcome. Well, I reckon we ought to jump in before we lose our whole audience. So yeah. um, share the broadcast. It's important. Oh, Tanya Louder. She says, "I would like for you to pray for me right." Uh, right now, I'm going through a tough time in my life. Oh, we sure can. We can pray right now. So, Father, we just ask right now, Father, your will be done in Tanya's life. Lord, right there where she's at, Father, let the joy of the Lord manifest in her life. Right now where she's sitting at and watching and listening, Father, may your glory overflow her now in Jesus' name. Father, may your will manifest. May every weapon formed against her be exposed. She shall not prosper and is destroyed in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father, for it. Thank you, Lord. Lord, let them have your wisdom. Let, them, let her see so clearly what is your will and what isn't your will. And let her be strengthened with all your might to step out of it, Lord. And we thank you for it now. Thank you, Lord, that you are our Savior. You save us from hard times. You save us uh, from hard uh, baggage, Lord. You save us from the weight that a corrupted world can try to put on our shoulders, Lord. Father, let it fall off right now and let her have peace that passes understanding in every way. And we thank you for it. Thank you for your goodness and your mercy in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Tanya, uh, one thing while I was praying that uh, came to me is this. Uh, make sure, now what we just prayed, uh, God, God will absolutely help us. But what he helps us to do is to break the power of anything that's attacking us. But then he also empowers us to walk that out by faith. So what, what you just heard me pray was this. Uh, that you would see so clearly what is God's will and what isn't and then be strengthened to step into that. So many people think that God's just going to like snap his fingers and everything's done and they keep living the same way. But in order for God to help us and raise us up, he needs, to, he needs for us to allow him to change how we see things, uh, things we think, things we think we know, uh, those kind of things. So that just takes humility on our part and an obedience and willingness to step into his way. And so what I asked the Lord to do was to show you what is his way and what isn't because his way will work and there'll be no struggle with it. His way will be easy and light. 
uh, but the things that aren't his way will be hard and heavy. So if we can move ourselves into doing things his way, not how we've been taught, not what we thought was necessarily right before, but what is actually his way, if we can see that and then be strengthened to get there, uh, we'll continuously walk out of victory. And that's what I just prayed for you. So I just pray that those things manifest now, that you will see clearly what is his way and what isn't. If there's anything there that was not of God, in, if there was anything, let it be seen and shown and give you strength to step out of it and step right into his plan. Amen. Chelsea Troublefield, good to see you. Oscar Sosa. All right, let's jump in. Hallelujah. Thank you, Miss Barrett, for the opening laughter. <laughs> Amen. We've been talking about the man who would be king. Uh, we're not just talking about people who would be actual, actual kings or presidents. Uh, we're talking about uh, people who would be a leader of anything, including a king of a country or a president or a leader in any way. Uh, owners of companies, CEOs, supervisors in a company. Uh, any believer in the body of Christ, any leader, every person is destined by God to grow up into the place where their life is an example that other people can follow. Uh, just like uh, Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. Any minister, uh, pastor, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, or teacher, or a minister in a church, a deacon, an elder, anything, that's who this series is about. Uh, basically like this, uh, God's gifting in our lives will open up the doors for us. It will make room for us. But the choices that we make, the character that we apply, the knowledge of God that we apply will keep us in that place. And if we don't apply godly character and godly choices in those places, the room that was made for us can be lost because the gift makes room, but the character keeps us there or doesn't. And so we're talking about how do we live a successful life leading the way that we want to and the way that God wants to, most importantly. Uh, praise God. And Tanya, you're welcome. She said, thank you. Uh, you are so welcome for that. If you need anything, you're welcome. Always send us a uh, prayer request. Send us a uh, something. You can go to the website, whatsright.com. Uh, connect with us, but also you can send us a prayer request there or you can uh, send it on any of the social media. We'll find it eventually, although it's better to go to the website. All right, uh, let's jump in. Let's look at 1 Samuel chapter 18. Hello, Lisa Honeycutt. Good to see you online. Uh, everybody share the broadcast. It's not just for you, uh, but there'll be great things for other people as well. 1 Samuel 18 and verse 10. And now what I want you to see also is that uh, um, what I want you to see also is that anybody that has a scripture, make sure to drop it in the comments so other people can help to keep up when they uh, go through the archive or they can look back on it. All right, so uh, my subtitle says Saul turns against David. So what we're talking about in, we began talking about King Saul. Uh, the first king of Israel. Uh, then we moved over into David because Saul very quickly messed up and the Lord told the prophet Samuel to go and anoint David. He said, I have found a man after my own heart who will do all of my will. 
And uh, David at the time was just a boy, a shepherd boy. And uh, we talked about the three different phases of his life. We talked about the shepherd boy, where basically nobody even knew him. Even his own dad didn't bring him in front of the prophet because he didn't think surely he wasn't the one of all his sons that Samuel was talking about. The unknown period of time. But now we're seeing he just defeated Goliath. And even the people are starting to sing songs uh, here that says uh, Saul has killed his thousands, but David has killed his tens of thousands. We talked about that directly last week. And now David is moving from being an unknown shepherd boy to somebody who is known, but King Saul is going to be after him. And it drives David to run away from King Saul and into the wilderness. And uh, so let's take a look at this, uh, looking at uh, chapter 18. Uh, Last week we talked about Jonathan and David. Uh, They became covenant friends, uh, covenant people in the covenant of God. Uh, Verse 9 says this, or verse 7, The women sang as they played and said, Saul has slain his thousands and David his ten thousands. Then Saul became very angry for saying, Uh, For this saying displeased him. And he said, they have ascribed to David ten thousands, but to me they've ascribed thousands. Now what more can he have but the kingdom? In other words, the only thing that's left for him is to take over the kingdom from me. And uh, so Saul becomes very possessive uh, over the throne that God gave him. There you go. There's your first point. As a leader, we cannot become possessive over the things that God's given us. The people, for example, the people of God as a pastor that I'm called uh, to pastor, uh, I've been given a charge as an under-shepherd, but the sheep don't belong to me. The sheep are still God's. Now, Uh, that doesn't mean that they shouldn't be in covenant with me and I shouldn't be in covenant with them. But ultimately, they are the Lord's. The people are the Lord's, not mine. So I've had had times where it was right uh, that people go somewhere else. I've had many times where it was wrong that they go somewhere else. And I've had people come to me and into Boomerang where it was right, and I've had times where it was wrong. Um, many times in those situations, uh, the people have basically decided what they've heard from the Lord and they're not really accepting any input. Uh, and that happens, unfortunately, all too often because people think that the kingdom of God is a democracy uh, like you know, a lot of governments are, like they have a vote in everything. We really don't. What we do to the Lord is we say this, Jesus, you're my Lord. You're the director of my life. You call the shots and I will be obedient. Uh, It's not something where we, well, uh, I think we ought not to do that. What has God said? This is a key for people and for leaders. Don't feel like you have an opinion. If God asks your opinion, okay, fine. But for the most part, learn to hear the voice of the Holy Ghost and be led by Him and just simply get into the place of being willing and obedient. Because here's the thing. God knows better and can see more than I ever can. So I want to hear from him. And people, when they're placed in a church, they need to fall under that same thing. Lord, what are you doing? But then here's what he does. He has men and women that are godly men and women in the lives of people 
that are designed to help give you influence, to help give you uh, confirmation of what the Lord is saying. So many times when I see people doing the wrong thing, what happens is uh, they believe that they don't need anybody else to confirm anything or submit themselves to anybody. They, they just basically, um, they basically will just move to what they feel like God is doing, and that's how they get messed up. Uh, many times I've seen it like this. Um, one of the things that I've seen this multiple times, people will think that they're hearing from the Lord. They're planted in a church with a pastor. They're planted in a church with a pastor, and then all of a sudden, they think they hear something from the Lord. Many times, it's not. Many times, it's not. And But they've grown up, they do know more than somebody just coming into the kingdom, so they feel, we've talked about before, spiritual teenagers, where their worldview or their view of God is bigger than it ever has been before, but they still don't realize what they don't know. There's a vast amount because God's so big. And so then they start to hear something from God. Pride very uh, deceptively comes in. And uh, pride says, well, uh, you're big enough. You can hear from God for yourself, which is true. You can and you should. And you absolutely should grow to that place. But we have leadership in, in line for a purpose. You're planted in a church with an under-shepherd of God that has an anointing to see into your life. Now, if that person's outside of love, they're not in faith, they're not in power, they're not winning souls, okay, uh, I can. then you have to question why was I there in the first place. But many times when God has done the planting in the first place, this is not how it operates. And uh, so what they'll do is they'll say, let me find somebody who will confirm what I'm hearing. And they'll actually go and find confirmation from people that they're not planted under and they're not, they won't ask the people that God has ordained them to plant under. And all of a sudden they get outside of that. And so this is something where we have to be very mindful and we have to fall into uh, the directives of God that God will give grace and greater grace to the humble and to one people that will submit themselves to the ways of God. And the ways of God is he puts the local church and he plants pastors there to help be shepherds in people's lives because they've generally seen the path before. They've seen the good places to walk and they've seen the bad places to walk. And they generally have an anointing to see and see things that are coming up in people's lives. Many times, many times, I see things that are coming up in people's lives before they get there. And I'll know this person's under an attack. This person's under some deception. This person's going to be challenged in this way. Why would I have that? Because I'm anointed to be a shepherd. And uh, I didn't really fully understand that until I became one. But as soon as I became a pastor, I mean within just a few weeks and months of starting Boomerang Church, instantly I started knowing things in the lives of people. I started understanding uh, what God was doing and how he wanted to protect. It also made me want to uh, kick my own tail for now that I had revelation. My pastors had this kind of information for all of my life, and I've never humbled myself and submitted to him in this way. I, want, I was like, man, how easy could it have been if I would have just gone and communicated quickly and, and on time? And so this is very important. Of course, 
This is what Saul did, King Saul did. He had the man of God, the prophet Samuel, in his life, and instead of submitting himself to the highest person of God in the land, he just started making decisions, and then he became very uh, protective of that place. So many times uh, we'll see pastors do the same thing, but we'll also see people in the congregation do the same thing as well. They'll become very possessive. I've seen people in the church uh, become very possessive of a leadership role. Uh, become pos- This is my ministry. No, actually, that is the ministry that is under the vision of this pastor. That's not your ministry. You're helping to fulfill that vision. But if, it, if you think it's your ministry, then you actually have a separate vision under the other, the main vision. That's thy vision. And I've seen pastors uh, become very possessive of their people where where they don't want to have anybody go and visit that ministry or do anything else. And uh, I can understand how they get there, but I can tell you I've had to work on myself as well and put those feelings down. Uh, I think pastors that would say that they don't feel that, that, that would be a rare, rare thing. I think most of them have. So here we see Saul becoming very possessive of the throne that God gave him. And this is a definite problem. And what he's seeing is, he's saying, look, they're talking so good about David, but they're not talking good about me. Well, here's another thing for a leader to recognize. The biggest success that I can have as a pastor, the biggest success that I can have is if the people that I am called to pastor uh, surpass me. In other words, their giftings, their leadings, their anointings. I become the foundation that they can springboard off of as I make Jesus my foundation, you know. As I make my, the men and women of God in, in Nicole and I's life, that I make them our foundation. In other words, I should not start, uh, Ted Shuttlesworth Jr. just did a great book called Further Faster. Uh, I have not read it yet. I haven't even received a copy yet. Ted. <laughs> I've not received a copy yet, uh, but I'll get one. And, but I know he and I have talked about the topics in the book already, and he's talking about impartation. We have to understand that as a leader, my number one goal is to get people to raise them higher than myself. If, if I'm always wanting to be the top guy and keep everybody else below me, I will be a horrible leader. My job is, it's not that I might not know things greater or operate higher than they do. Again, the lesser is blessed of the greater. There is rank and file structure in the kingdom of God. It isn't a democracy. But as a leader in in my job, uh, at my company, in my ministry, in my home, in my team at church, as a leader, my job is to raise people to higher levels, to help give them a boost, to help impart to them some supernatural thing. Uh, like Paul says, I, I long to impart to you a supernatural gift. I long to be with you so that we can, I can lift you higher. So when I start seeing people come higher than me, I shouldn't fret, I should rejoice. A leader, and the, here you go, here's your point. A leader should rejoice when people, 
excuse me, a leader should rejoice when people are starting to appear higher than them, when they get more attention than them. A leader should rejoice in this. Uh, that's what a proper leader should do. Now, how often does that take place? Honestly, not very often. Definitely not often enough in the past. That's not been the case. It needs to be something where we don't get possessive of the people or the resources that God has give, given us or the giftings. And we don't need to get jealous when they start rising above. I told a story last week of a time when somebody started to express and show a hunger and a fire for God that looked like it was stronger than mine. And I would say at that time, it probably was stronger. The hunger and the fire was probably stronger for a moment than mine was. But, and at that moment, I felt it. I felt the jealousness come in. I felt the, you know, who does he think he is? You know, I felt the, well, people are going to start looking at him more than they look at me. And then the fear of they won't listen to me anymore. I'll lose my leadership, stuff like this. I felt all those things. I thought all those things. Not for long, but the, the thought did pass. Like Brother Hagin said, uh, you can't stop the thought, the birds from flying over your head, but you can stop them from nesting in your hair. You can't stop thoughts from being thrown at you uh, and being tempted by wrong thoughts from the devil, but you can stop meditating on them. You can take those thoughts captive and not let them nest in your mind, and you can cast them down. So I thought and felt all of those thoughts. I felt those issues in my life. But here's, here's what I landed on. Lord, what do you want me to do with this? And the Lord, here's, this is good. This, this is what ne leaders need to let the Lord do with them. He said, well, he said, is he hungry? Yes. Is he on fire? Yes. Uh, is that a bad thing? No. That's a great thing then why are you upset at it? Obviously, the issue was me. And the issue was my heart that I needed to trim and work on. Okay, which wasn't hard. I'd already worked on it before. I was just having to do it fresh and do that again. See, I think, I think when people think that they've arrived to the point that they won't have any more issues, First uh, John chapter 1, uh, at the end of it, in uh, I think it's 8, the last three verses there, it, it basically shows you that as, as long as you have a flesh, you're going to have stuff to put down. And if you think that you're not going to have stuff to deal with in the, in the flesh, you're already deceiving yourself. So I think one of the most dangerous points of a leader is to think that he somehow arrives supernaturally where it's just working and he'll never have any issue with his flesh anymore. He'll never have any other wrong thought from this point forward. That's incorrect. That's an incorrect thought. That's how leaders get deceived. And if they're not diligent to humble themselves to the fact and the truth that without Jesus, I would be in a world of hurt. It's only Jesus that gives me the ability. It's not because I've arrived somewhere. It's because he arrived somewhere. Yes, I can go forward. Yes, I can get better. Things can get easier. But for me to say that as long as I have this corrupted flesh and I don't have a glorified body, that I'll never have any issue to deal with, I am deceiving myself. That's not, that's not humility. That's pride. And so one of the things a leader can do 
is he can say, look, okay, I do have issues that I need to deal with. You know, I'm, I generally am looking at myself on a daily basis. Lord, shine your light on me. What can I get better today? And I'm, my daily method of operation is to allow the Lord to look at myself. Lord, shine the light of the Holy Ghost in my life. Examine every nook and cranny of my life. Open every closet door, whether I know it's there or not, and expose any darkness. Lord, let me grow because I know in you I can do great and mighty things. But only if I give myself to you. If I don't give myself to you, then this could go bad real fast. So Lord, let me give myself to you and let me be who you've called me to be. Work on me. Show me what I need to give to you. If I'm not, hear this, if I'm not walking like Jesus, who is the goal? You know, many people say, well, I'll never be like Jesus. That's not what the Bible says. You know, it it may sound like I'm contradicting myself. It says in Ephesians that we are, the whole purpose of church and the gifts, the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, is to, that the body of Christ can grow to the fullness of the stature of Christ. And then Jesus said, you'll do these works and greater. And even to the adulterous woman who wasn't even born again yet, he says, go and sin no more. So what I'm saying is you are never going to get to the place where you're not tempted, but you can get to the place that even though you're tempted, like Jesus was tempted in every way, you can tell the corrupted flesh no. You can tell the corrupted flesh no. And you can get to a place where you walk without sin affecting you in your life. In other words, I hear the temptation, I hear the wrong thought, but I'm not saying yes to it, I'm saying no to it, and I'm saying yes to God, and I live in this place of holiness empowered by the righteousness of Jesus Christ. In other words, I'm allowing the righteousness of Jesus to empower me to walk holy. All right, so to walk walk these things out. Amen. Pamela, I see that, and we will pray. If you're still here on the, at the end of it, I will definitely pray for that. Uh, amen. We'd be happy to. Let, as, as the Word tells us to do, preach the Word, and then pray for the sick. Go preach, and then lay hands. So under the anointing, as this anointing grows throughout this broadcast, Pamela will let that anointing grow, and then at the end of this broadcast, we will pray uh, Barrett, make sure that I pray for that at the end. Amen. Hey, Pastor Amos over in Nigeria. Hey, Danny Gordon. Chris East, good to see you. Uh, Miss Colleen and Crystal, good to see you all on the broadcast. So one of the things that we'll see is as a leader, I must give myself to the point that, all right, the world is going to be the world. A corrupted flesh is going to be the corrupted flesh. But my job is to hear from Christ, be empowered by Him, by His righteousness, and tell those things no, and then I can walk like Him. So, and this is the whole goal. This is the goal of the church. This is the goal of the body of Christ. Not in heaven, on the earth. On the earth. Remember, He will be presenting the body of Christ as the pure spotless bride, the glorified church. In other words, this is not something we do in heaven. This is something we apply right here on the earth. 
we need to walk in these ways. So as a leader, here's this situation uh, where this, this guy is operating in a hunger and a fire that for the moment appears to be stronger and more than mine. Is it a bad thing? No. Uh, why, why then am I feeling this? I needed to work on me. I needed to continually work on me, work on my heart. See, the fact is, had my heart been complete... See, a lot of leaders, they don't, I don't think they talk like this, and this is the issue. A lot of times, leaders will say, well, no, I, I don't think like that, or, and they're not given to even open themselves up to that thought. I found that that's very unhealthy. Uh, listen, why was I having an issue in the first place? Yeah, the thought came, the temptation came, but why did it linger beyond just a second? Because I had areas in my heart that I needed to work on. And see, when a leader talks like this, what it shows you is that they are actually getting to the place where they are consistently working on themselves and they don't see themselves as a demagogue. They're, they don't see themselves as the one to be worshipped. They see themselves as somebody that is a man too, like like uh, the apostle said, look, we're men too. Get up off your knees in this way. Understand that we're not the one to be worshipped. Yes, God might have done great mighty things, but it's him who needs to be worshipped. And so when we don't speak this way as leaders, many people, when leaders speak like this, like they have an issue, they, they will subconsciously say, oh, they're tainted. Well, look, the leader that can talk about their issues for real, open and outright, they're walking generally in more maturity than anybody that tries to hide it from you. So the person that would be king, learn how to be glass house. And that does a couple of things. Number one, it keeps our heart right. Number two, it lets people see that if there's hope for you and you have stuff you're working on, other people will have stuff that... They, there's hope for them to walk out of it too because if they'll work on their own, God will help them too. And so by being glass house, it helps people to have hope. Many times when I've uh, told people, I found over the last few years, the Lord started directing me uh, very clearly. I want you and your life to be more glass house. I want you to let people see when you've had issues and dealt with them, how did you deal with them? What did you do? How did you apply this word? Uh, but in order to tell you how I applied this word, I've got to tell you about the struggle that I had. You know, I've got to tell you about the thing that I dealt with with the flesh because maybe it's something from my past. Maybe it's something that I, I made a bad decision on. But now the struggle is there, which is a symptom that I'm not walking like Jesus because he said his yoke is easy and light. When it's hard and heavy, something's out of kilter. Something is wrong about the yoke that I'm carrying. And so one of the things that you see is that many leaders will not speak like this because they know that subconsciously in the minds of people, they know that subconsciously people will dismiss them as a leader. Here's what I found. The Lord is my provider. He is my defender. And he's called me to be open and honest about certain things uh, that need to be public, you know. I'm not going to open up everything about my life because there's certain things like my marriage uh, with Nicole, certain details you have no right to hear about. And, you know, and I'm not going to because it would be wrong and not right for me to share intimacy uh, about with her openly and public. That would be wrong. 
nothing to hide there except it's something intimate between me and her. It's, it's our intimacy. It's our relationship. It's not yours. <laughs> it, it's ours. However, outside of issues like that, our life is an open book. Barrett reminded me the other day. I think, I think you reminded me. Uh, we were having a conversation where all of a sudden I, I shared a, a situation where we were attempting to, to help Nicole wax her legs at home. I forgot that I shared that, but that came out on the Sunday morning. Glass house, right? There's things that people, that help people. That help people know, hey, we're people too. You know, I've heard it so many times. When a leader will be glass house, people will receive hope from that. And so, but many times leaders don't want to talk like that. They want to act like they have no issue. And you've heard me say it if you've listened it for any length of time to me. Don't, the worst thing you can do is walk into a church and like hold up your spiritual resume. Well, I've done this and I'm gifted to do this and I'm anointed to do this. No, walk into a church and be like, hey, here's where I'm at. Here's what I've dealt with. Here's what I'm dealing with now. You know, all your giftings, they will make room for you and God will be the one building the house. But if you start to promote yourself, you actually are laboring in vain trying to build your own house. But most people, when they walk into a church, they give you their spiritual resume and what they've done and who they've been with and all this kind of stuff. That stuff will come out. You don't have to tell people that. The Lord will make a way. He's your defender. He's your promoter. And so many leaders need, you know, I remember one, this is one of the greatest testimonies I've ever heard. Um, and it's not like it should be this way at all times. But uh, here in town there's a pastor, Pastor Alan DiDio. And I remember he was up uh, with Rod Parsley's ministry at his school. And he said, I saw so many people trying to gain favor by being around Pastor Parsley. He said, I just decided it was not right for me to do that. He said, I would be in a hallway and see Pastor Parsley coming, and I would make every effort to get out of the way and be unseen, go and duck into another room so that I would not be promoting myself. Well, many people don't know the end result of that, but what happened was that character that was not trying to promote itself or build its own house put him directly into Pastor Parsley's uh, uh, vision. In other words, all of a sudden he became very close with Pastor Parsley, but not by his own, own doing. One of the greatest testimonies. When he told me, told me that, I thought, that's one of the best testimonies I've ever heard in the kingdom of God. One of the best testimonies I've ever heard because that's doing it right. Let God be your promoter. And so when God's your promoter, you don't get worried when people talk bad, when they talk about other people, because I know if I need promoting, God will do it. He's my promoter, not me. He's my promoter. So I'm not concerned. I'm not concerned at all if, if somebody else starts rising up, if there's another church in town. I don't care if they're getting all the attention. Why? Because God's our promoter. He knows the timing that we need promotion. He knows the timing that we need favor. Now, I'm putting my faith for favor and promotion all the time. I'm always putting my faith to increase, but God is the source of that. God is the source of that favor and promotion, not me. 
he knows the timeline when these things need to happen and when that. But see, many times we get in fear as leaders because we don't really trust God to promote us. We don't really trust God because if we really trusted him, we wouldn't put our hand on it. But we do put our hand on it because we don't trust him. And we build the house because we don't trust them. That's what we've done. But we're not going to do it anymore. I'm talking to people that are saying, Lord, I'm going to do this your way. I'm going to do it in the most efficient way that I can and the most obedient and humble way that I can. I put myself in your hands. You are the master craftsman. You, I am your masterpiece. I am clay in the potter's hands. Lord, I will put faith that you will make me into the greatest masterpiece I can ever be. But I know that'll never happen while I'm trying to assist your hands. I put faith that you will open up favor. I put faith that you will open up increase in my life. Without question, you want me to believe you for increase. The Bible is so clear on that. But it's not my job nor within my power to make it, it's all within yours. But I trust you and put faith in you as the increased giver, as the one who makes me the leader that I should be. And I'm not going to get jealous when other people rise up. And I'm not going to talk bad about them. I'm not going to demean them as leaders or as ministers. No, I'm going to trust you as my promoter and my defender, even if somebody's talking bad about me. Had a situation one time where somebody was talking uh, bad about me. And the Lord said, do not defend yourself. And I've got in my head, I'm thinking, if I don't defend myself, my reputation is important in the gospel. And your reputation is important in the gospel. But it was like my flesh was trying to use scripture to combat the directive God had given me that he was my defender. So I felt the need in my flesh to go and defend myself. Because I had not done the things that were being said. But God would say, I am your defender. Well, what is that doing? That's putting faith in God. I'm not trying to be the one who watches the city. So many times in this whole series, we're going back to Psalms 127, verse 1 and 2. God is the builder. God is the protector. He's the defender. He's the promoter and he's the defender. And what I found out later, some years later, I, I tried uh, to do my best to not defend myself. And uh, some years later, I found out the Lord sent people that had no idea. He sent people that had no idea of the situation. They didn't even know what happened. But they were ministering by the Holy Ghost, and they spoke to the person who had said something wrong and said, you treated Brian Wright wrong when you did this. They didn't even know what happened. They had no idea. They had no knowledge, no trivia about the incident. This was straight the Holy Ghost defending to the person who was saying the things that could be wrong, saying directly to them, hey, this is, this is incorrect. And what was the Lord doing? Defending me when I didn't even know about it. See, I had to trust that he had my defense, even though I couldn't. I didn't know that that was happening. Glory to God. I had to trust him. So what we see here is uh, with Saul, he says he got angry. David's 
killed, David's kid killed ten thousands, but the people are saying, I've only killed a thousand. In other words, now David and the anointing is rising up on David. And Saul's getting jealous over it. He's getting protective of the throne that God gave him. So I had this situation, again, going back to it, where somebody started walking in more hunger and more fire than I had been for a while. And the Lord said, why is that there? Obviously, my heart was not 100% pure on that. Okay, leader, pastor, you need to work on that. He said, is it a bad thing that they're hungry? No. Is it a bad thing they're on fire? No. My goodness, that's what I've been preaching to get them to that place. Am I supposed to be jealous over that hunger and fire? No. I need to allow that fire to catch more people. Well, how am I going to allow it to catch more people if I get jealous over it? If I get protective over my own position? doesn't work that way. He says, okay, leader, what are you fearful over? Well, I... Ultimately, I would be fearful that that person would get more recognition than I do, and it would, and this sounds holy, but that people would not hear the voice of their pastor. See, that sounds holy, but here's, it's a fear. It's a fear-motivated thing. And then here's one of the things that he said. Well, why would they stop listening to you if you were on fire and hungry? Okay, so now we're down to the real issue. I'm afraid that they may be more hungry and on fire than I am, and so my voice gets diminished. Isn't God's call for all of the body to be hungry and on fire? So in other words, what I need to do is stop being fearful over their hunger and fire and get responsible for my own. And so instead of letting it drive me to a bad place, I let it drive me to a good place. Lord, I just, I have no jealousy towards that. I am thrilled that they're on fire. Lord, let it sustain. But then the Lord also said, he said, look, he said, he also told me, and I don't know that most people can uphold this, but they should get to the place where they do. But honestly speaking, he's, He said, because many people, they would use this as an excuse. And that's what I want you to see. He said, you need to not beat yourself up either simply because you had a low low couple of months and not as hungry for a couple of months. He said, look at the whole span of your life. You you started out here and, and you went up and you've had times where you went back down and you went up and you went down and you went up and you went down and, and those highs and lows are less now. He said, but if you look from where you've come to where you are now, the whole line of it shows consistent increase and less and less dips. He said, that's a great track record. And if you just keep on that same track, You're going to keep getting higher and higher and more hungry and more on fire. That's true. I don't, here's the issue. I don't think most people have that track record and that's what they need to grow in consistency with. But it takes being humble and uh, submitting yourself to the light of God for the Holy Ghost to shine the light on you and get real. Judge yourself so that you're not judged. But what he said to me is don't beat yourself up simply because you're in a little bit of a dip right now either. Don't stay in the dip. 
You know, that was the given context of what he was saying. Don't stay in the dip, but don't get in condemnation simply because you had a dip either. You know, so in other words, because if I got in condemnation, then that could draw me to another low, a lower low. So I didn't need to get in condemnation. I just needed to let the reality of I'm in a dip hit home and judge myself that I don't need to stay in this dip. But what he was saying is, you know, that person doesn't have the same track record as you do. You've been doing this now for over 20 years as an adult, and you're still growing and climbing. He said, just be mindful that your track record shows that you've consistently growed, grown and gotten stronger and more on fire. And so I also, the Lord doesn't just esteem a flash in the pan or something for a small period of time. I've seen many people over the years have a strong blast out of the gates, but can they finish the race? He said, don't just esteem one big flash in a person's life. Esteem consistency. He said, I esteem consistency in you is what he was telling me. And he said, so give yourself to consistency. In other words, find the daily method of operation that you can consistently increase. Uh, Luke chapter 2 and verse 52 says, Jesus continued to increase in wisdom and stature, which is maturity and in favor with God and man. In other words, Jesus kept increasing in wisdom. He kept increasing in maturity. He kept increasing in favor with God and favor with man. In other words, increase was a part of his life. And if it was a part of Jesus' life, it definitely needs to be a part of a leader's life is that we consistently increase in the things of God. So what I did was I said, okay, I got real with myself. I recognized I was in a dip of hunger and fire. Although my hunger and fire might have been higher than the majority of people, it's not about that. It's, is my hunger and fire on the level of Jesus? No, then let me go. Let me stretch for that by faith. And so I went and I stretched for that. And within a couple of weeks, I'd pulled right out of that dip and I was on, hung, I was on fire and hungry again and humbling myself to the Lord, and within a couple of months, the person that had been on fire hasn't, you know, did, got off of the fire, right? In other words, they had a flash, but not consistency in that way. And I saw exactly what the Lord was saying. Exactly what he said to me was very important. And so it's very important for leaders to very accurately be honest with themselves. Don't feel like you have to hide all of your uh, faults. But let be glass house to the degree that God tells you to be glass house. But then at the same time, be honest with yourself where you're at. And he says, if you judge yourself, you don't have to be judged. In other words, there's a judgment if I don't make course corrections of godliness. But if I will judge myself and make those course corrections... There's areas I will not ever walk through. There's what some people would call persecutions, but it's really just bad decisions. And I will never walk through them because I gave myself for the Lord to shine His light on me. Leaders need to make sure that they're not jealous of other people, but they're lifting up the people around them. A good leader puts the people that he's leading on his shoulders and lifts them. 
He's not jealous when they go higher. He's excited and praising God when they go higher. So what did I take away from that situation with with that person? I took away a couple of things. Number one, God is very interested in consistency and persistency. This is a fruit of the Spirit as well, that we walk in a consistency, diligence, a discipline, not just a one-time change of direction, then you go back to an ungodly direction. No, we stay going in that direction. He's concerned about diligence and consistence, but at the same time, let the light of God shine on you to recognize where you're really at and where you're not, But then here's the other thing. I learned as a leader, and I I really started asking this question, Father, how can I help more people be consistent and not just have a flash in the pan? Because I don't want people to be on fire and then not on fire. How can I keep them on fire? Well, one of the best things I can ever do as a leader to help keep the people around me on fire is be as hot as I can be for Jesus. It's a funny thing. You get, you get things that normally won't catch on fire because of water, you know, a wood that's wet, but you set it beside a fire, eventually that wood will dry out. And if they're close enough to a super heat, they'll catch themselves. And it'll encourage them to stay caught on fire. Okay, leader, Stop having inconsistency. Stop falling into these dips as much. Be consistent and as hot as you can be for Jesus, and it'll help catch other people and keep them there. Because we're not looking for people just to have a flash of the fire of God here and there. We want it to be consistent for years and decades, for a whole lifetime. That's the goal. And as a leader, that's the goal to help lead people into that direction. So this is where we want to be. Amen. Well, we really didn't get much into that, uh, into our scriptures, but I gave you plenty of scriptures along the way, but we didn't get into David in the wilderness as much as Saul's jealousy as a leader and his inability to see uh, his life as a success when others are lifting up around him. So listen, it's so important for us So I just want to pray for all the leaders, and then I'm going to pray for uh, Pamela, how she asked. Uh, Lord, right now, every person that you are calling to be raised up to new levels, Lord, let them not be jealous, but take personal responsibility to carry the fire of God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Glory to God. Lord, let them see. Lord, let them, let all of us see when we need to turn the light on ourselves. Lord, let us see how not to be jealous, but let it help move us to the places that we need to be. Lord, thank you for it. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord. Let us see so clearly what is your will and what is it, and be strengthened with all your might to step into the levels that you've called us to step into. 
Let us be more honest with ourselves. Father, let us be honest. Let us not be biased in our thinking. Let us not be biased in our thinking. But let us be humble, faithful, favor-filled, increase-minded, but humble. Thank you, Lord. We're, we're not talking about people that always get beat or lose, but people that always have victory because they only move at the voice of God and His will. Thank you, Father, for your goodness. Thank you, Lord, for your mercy. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Glory to God. Glory to God. Amen. Hallelujah. All right. So now, uh, Pamela, right now, in Jesus' name, uh, if Pamela, if you are still on here, uh, I would recommend to you. So the prayer of agreement is a prayer of agreement. So it's hard for me to agree on things that I don't know the scripture to back up the prayer. However, what I do know the scripture is that he always wants the light of God to enlighten our heart so I can pray this way. Pray that the will of God is done in, in the situation uh, and I can pray uh, that you would be strengthened to step into that. Uh, what I would invite you to do personally, Pamela, you can go to, um, you can go to whatsright.com and put in a, just in the comments, uh, send us a message and uh, you can detail it there what the situation is and we can agree together on the promises in the word. We need to have a promise. Many times it's been taught almost as a doctrine of the unspoken prayer request, but um, many times it's actually a doctrine that leads to a little bit of a lack of power, and so we don't see the power uh, in that. Uh, sometimes people don't want to say the prayer request because it could be embarrassing to somebody else or it could be embarrassing to them or uh, they're going through something. But So unspoken a lot of times, I'm not asking you to put it here publicly, but um, it is good to share that so that we can agree. What I can agree today, we will pray. But I do encourage you, reach out, uh, reach out to your pastor. Uh, you can send us a, a message as well. We will agree with you and keep that uh, private. Okay, well, she says strength, guidance, spiritual. We can handle those things. Glory to God. So now what that does, uh, strength, guidance, spiritual. Now we can go to scriptures and back that up and we can agree together. And now we have agreement uh, on those scriptures. So Father, right now, is that physical strength or spiritual strength? Okay, financial and family. All right. Is that spiritual strength or uh, physical strength? Either one is fine. And uh, many of those things can come uh, from simply being in a place uh, where there's an attack on our abundance in that way. And just know, okay, she says both. Um, there's an attack on our abundance. It can be decisions we've made in the past. It can be our confession, stuff like that. But uh, what, I'll, what I want to do, we'll just pray based off of what you wrote here. Lord, your word says that your joy is our strength. You pray, Father, that you show us that we are to walk in your strength, not even in our strength, but in your strength, that your strength may be in us. So, Father, right now, 
your guidance, Lord. You want to guide your people. You are not looking to hide anything. Uh, your word shows us your heart when it says, I call you friend in John 15. I call you friend and I'm not hiding anything. I will share with you and disclose to you. It shows us again in James chapter 1. Uh, it says that if any of us lack wisdom, uh, guidance is simply, and spiritual guidance, is a wisdom of God knowing what to do and when to do it and how to do it. Lord, if we lack wisdom, you said let, a, let that person ask of God who will give to uh, them freely without rebuking them for asking. Lord, right now, let that wisdom come to her. Father, in terms of finances, Lord, you are the Lord who gives us the power to get wealth and you add no sorrow to it and you give us the ability to move into abundance to establish your covenant. Father, you've given us in 2 Corinthians 9 abundance to do every good work, every good deed in Jesus' name. And in salvation, you are the redeemer. You are the restorer. You are the one who gives strength, joy, peace that passes understanding. This is all your heart. And so, Lord, as your children, we have a right. Your word says that you are not withholding any good thing from those who walk uprightly. Father, right now, we ask you for all of these good things. Joy, strength, peace that passes understanding. All of these things. Finances. Lord, you have beat down lack. The word says, Jesus, you were made poor that we might be rich. That's not just spiritually rich, but even if it was, your word says, Beloved, above all things, I wish that you prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers, even as we grow spiritually rich. You're, you're saying that you want us to be physically and, and rich in our finances and in our health that we would prosper in those things. Father, you are a restorer of these things. So right now, we stand on all of these promises in Scripture. We agree, and your word says, if two or three agree it shall concerning your will, it shall be done. Lord, we're believing for that to turn around right now. We're asking you for these good things, and now what we're saying is, as you tell us and show us, what to do and what not to do, we will choose the right way and walk uprightly according to what you say. So Lord, right now, we just thank you for it. Thank you, Father, that you are turning that. Every yoke, everything that was holding them down, let those yokes be broke now in Jesus' name. Let every bondage be completely broken off of their lives, off of their family, off of their finances. Let that lack of peace be broken now in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus, that lack of peace, that depression, let, let that lack of peace and that depression, and listen, this goes to anybody who will receive it. If you want to receive it, you just lift your hands right now. Lord, I receive all of this broken off of me too. Father, right now, that lack of peace, that discouragement, and that depression that has tried to get in. Loose your grip now. Loose your fingers from their lives, from their families' lives, and be removed now in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, that peace floods in. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness and your graciousness. Thank you, Father. 
Glory to God. Hallelujah. Now, abundance rise up. Abundance of strength. Abundance of joy. Abundance of mercy. Abundance of finances. Abundance of peace in Jesus' name. Abundance, abundance, abundance to do every good work. You're calling them to be abundantly filled with life to the full till it overflows so that they will overflow into the lives of the people around them. Overflow into other family members. Overflow into the workplace in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father, for your goodness and your mercy. We all receive it as done for you, Pam, and for anybody else who receives it. And thank you for it. Amen. Amen. So as a teaching point, can you see how the difference is between uh, the difference between something where it's unspoken versus something we can agree on on Scripture. I promise you that was a different prayer than what I was about to pray on the unspoken. But it's pointed with Scripture. It, there's, a, there's a pointing of agreement to that promise that God has made a promise. And he says all of his promises are yes and amen. So it's important for us to have agreement. And you did exactly right by bringing that to an elder in the body of Christ. It says if any of you basically are sick, now that sick, you could apply it in multiple ways. If you have lack in your life, bring it to the elders because this is how the anointing flows. Yes, you have relationship on your own. You have a right on your own. But as we agree together, we become stronger and there's even more release. So you did it exactly right by bringing it. But when we bring it and we come to the place where, all right, this is what we want to see broken, and it's what I was talking about earlier. When we walk into the church, we hold up our spiritual resume or we say, hey, this is what I need help with. That person I can help all day long. The people that came to Jesus got healed. The people that came in that way. Uh, but when they come up, hey, look, I'm, I'm fine. They were like the Pharisees. They didn't get healed. I, I, I've got this together. I've got relationship with God all by myself. You know, that's, that's a pride. And yes, you should have relationship with God all by yourself. But like we talked about last week, there's an interdependency. Glory to God. So you can tell those two prayers totally different because in humility, uh, you did so good. You brought this before an elder of the body of Christ and you said, here's what this is. I immediately, we take it to scripture, we agree, and you probably even feel different after the prayer. Probably several people do, but <laughs> anyway, God's so good. He's so good. So I hope somebody learned something just by watching that. Amen. Hallelujah. She says, thank you. I receive it. Glory to God. I do too. Man, we had a big boost over on YouTube all of a sudden. That's interesting. Well, it went down on Facebook, but it went up on YouTube. Maybe, maybe Facebook was glitching. <laughs> People said, I'm going to YouTube. Well, we love you. We will be back here tomorrow talking about David uh, in his wilderness period. There's something I want to say about that as we open up tomorrow and uh, talk about what is a wilderness and what's our approach to the wilderness. We'll start with that and then we'll talk about David. So we love you. Uh, if you want to give today, you're welcome on Facebook. Use hashtag donate like it says in that pinned comment. Or you can go to givebc.org and uh, that one actually cost us less. Uh, but your, whichever way is uh, the, the Lord leads you to give. Amen. We love you. Have a great, great day. Of course, everybody who's listening, you don't have to give. That's for people that want to. Uh, this is free uh, from us. We, we just want to sow the seed of the word in your lives and watch it 
take you to a higher place. I'm excited when people start going to places higher than me. That's awesome. I love you. Have a great day. Bye-bye.